Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet. But if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. Welcome back to another episode of the Kingdom Says Podcast. I am your host, as always, and joining me are my two usual co-hosts. First, we got Kyle Henning. Kyle, how are you doing today? Doing well. Nice uh, holiday break for everybody. Took a little time off. Everybody got to do what they wanted to do with their family and friends, and the Chiefs had a bye week, so we didn't really have to rush back to get here to give you to do anything. So we get to give you a preview episode tonight, which is one of the later ones we've done, because... We get to wait for Sunday night, so we might as well give you plenty of time in between now and then to listen to it. Yeah, plenty of time for the game. And also here to join us is, of course, Arrowhead Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Oh, I am fantastic. Listen, it's we've survived the first of the major fall-winter holidays, right? It's in that little happy period between Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's just a crazy time of the year, a lot of traveling, a lot of family. I've got a lot of birthdays in this time of year. Um I'm just excited to take a minute and talk about football and talk about the uh, the little brother Broncos that we get to play on Sunday. Garrett, did you have a good holiday, friend? I know you got stuck working some of that being Black Friday and retail, but... Yeah, the retail, always not fun on uh, Black Friday, but it actually wasn't too bad this year. I feel like COVID is still a thing that deters people and online shopping and all all that stuff. It wasn't really too hectic for uh, for Black Friday compared to years past, so... Uh, yeah, and I was also kind of put in a position where I didn't have to do much on Black Friday. I was just kind of chilling, so um, it was good for me at least. Maybe for for some other people in in more important positions, it wasn't. But yeah, it was great. How was your guys's? What did you do? Anything special? Uh, we had a bunch of family over. Went to grandma's on Thanksgiving Day for lunch. Had had dad over for dinner, and then her family came over on Friday. But I was in Columbia, Missouri, watching Wichita State beat up on Mizzou. So. I had a pretty good day, couple days there. Right. Granted, beating up on Mizzou isn't really saying a whole lot at this point in basketball, you know, since Liberty just drugged them all over the basketball court last night. But, hey, I digress. I actually uh, was also in Missouri this past Thanksgiving. I'm sorry, my days are running together. <laughs> uh, that was last week? This week? I don't know. It gets Technically like, last week. All kind of work. Last when week? the holidays yeah. happen, it's like everything's like a 10-day week. It's fine. Yes. Uh, but I, I got to experience my my first ever uh, deep-fried turkey, so that was fun. Got to be a part of that. Nobody nice. blew themselves up. No Pretty house blow-ups? No, house blows, no <laughs> houses blown up. Um, yeah, so only a few chickens were injured in the incident, so um no it was good good spend some time with family did a lot of driving uh did not much sleeping and yeah so it was a good time glad to be back though glad to be talking about the Chiefs. and we've got a very fun kind of matchup to talk about because you know very heated division rivals the uh the denver broncos obviously um very competitive rivalry over the past five or so years i'd say would you guys agree very competitive i think we are undefeated uh the past five six maybe even seven years i don't remember the last time 
the Broncos beat the Chiefs. It's, it's, been 11, that... it's been 11 appearances since they've won a game. Now, one of those games, you should probably vividly remember, we got a doink off the upright to get a field goal to go in last second to win one of those. But there's been some drubbings, too, in that time period. So, uh, yeah. yeah, rivalry is one thing. Typically, we reserve that for, like, I don't know. I mean, it's tough with the AFC right now, with the AFC West, because – there's not too many times that this team has lost to its division rivals. The Chargers have gotten a couple here and there over the last half decade. But other than that, and the Raiders got obviously the bus trip last year. But other than that, there's not been too many. So, yeah. So, actually, if the the Chiefs win this week, they will break their record for the longest win streak over the Broncos, which are currently tied at. So, from so they, it's 11 in a row from Wasn't 64 that like to the 69. 60s? Yeah, it was the first one. And then 2015 to now is the current one. So just putting this in perspective, the last time the Broncos beat the Chiefs, I was still in, like, I hadn't graduated from my undergraduate yet. I have a master's now. So it's yeah. been a minute, boys. Yeah, I was like, yeah, it's freshman it's been a high school. Maybe uh, you know. I was, I was 25 and working and, and just moved to Colorado, as a matter of fact. As soon as I moved there, they stopped beating us and then. They haven't good. moved. They haven't beat us since I moved back either. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a pretty good stretch uh, against those guys. There's always they're always like pretty memorable games though. Obviously the the doink uh, for Cairo Santos a couple years ago. I think you know most notably the Mahomes uh, knee dislocation game, which we also ended up mm-hmm. having like I think we had like uh, we had a ton of sacks that game and just dominated yes. on the defense. And, mm-hmm. uh, Drew Lock had a really rough day. Yeah, it was a rough day for Jude Locke. and then there was also the snow game last year, if yeah, I'm not mistaken. Snow game, correct? That was Mr. Snow Game guy, and that where yeah. the quote came from. Yeah, I think that was also the yeah. snow guy, snow game guy. So there's always it's always pretty notable, uh, notable matchups, and especially you know on Sunday Night Football now, uh, it getting flexed there and uh, it being in Arrowhead. I just think it's going to be a uh, an entertaining game for at least. Oh, it's going to be rocking coming off the bye week and divisional rival. And- Oh, it's going to be, you know, you know, somebody probably got some early, lots of people probably got some early Christmas presents and going to the Broncos game. I just, I hope that if you're listening and you get to go, you, you know, represent well, scream, scream your lungs out, kid. They're going to get to tailgate all day, like all day. Oh yeah, that's a long tailgate. I really, I was just about to say, I wonder what the weather is like in in KC this (laughs) weekend. 60s. Okay. So it's it's not too bad. That's good for KC. It's not at least. It's going to be warm. It's going to be loud and it's going to be. Full, and yeah. they're going to be it's that's yeah be a, a rompous atmosphere for sure a hostile environment for Don- broncos fans I yeah let's call them something else <laughs> yeah so let's kind of dive into the uh, the game matchup that we have here um we guys want to start with offense or defense for for the chiefs for the chiefs yeah I, I think we got to start with offense since that's the one thing that's been more of the question mark lately. It has. Yeah, it has still been a question mark. That's um, a sentence I never thought I would say in 2021, but hey. Yeah, yeah exactly. The Chiefs, obviously, you know, on a four-game win streak, but they haven't really had, besides the Raiders game uh, a couple weeks ago, we haven't really had a, a, you know, a standout offensive performance. And against the, you know, the Cowboys, our most recent performance, uh, Obviously, it wasn't the the greatest offensive performance. All, in my opinion, it wasn't a bad game by the offense. It was just a lot of miscues, obviously, shooting ourselves in the foot and everything like that. But the offense at least looked a lot less, quote-unquote, I guess, broken than it did earlier in the season. But mm-hmm. um, Yeah. There's a, there's a big note 
Clyde went DNP today and is now listed as questionable after practicing all week. So that's something to watch. Yeah, I, I think Andy said that it was a stomach flu and he should be good. But, you know, those things are always – it's hard to tell if it's just a bug like that. Um, yeah, I, just looking – I mean, the Broncos' defense is, is pretty talented and they've got some nice young pieces. I mean, Justin Simmons has been a, a top-tier safety in this league for a minute. Um, I really liked Pat Sertan – the second, you know, coming out, and he's had a pretty solid rookie year. Um, they've got some other pieces in their secondary. You know, Ronald Darby, Kyle Fuller are both experienced guys, and even Kareem Jackson is a guy who, you know, he's he's a little longer in the tooth, but he's been around. Um, I think it's just going to come down to that front seven for the Broncos and, and how the Chiefs handle that. And I also think it's going to be, you know, some of that discipline of really staying in, involved in the run game, and are they able to – Keep the keep the Broncos defense honest in terms of are they having to play the run or can they you know there's a, a stat on Twitter I was just reading about about how the Chiefs have faced more kind of two safety looks than any other team in the NFL right now. More is and, this understatement of the century, Tom. Yeah, they yeah. faced eighty percent cover two. Yeah, almost exclusive. You know, we they're they're so they're taking away the the big the big passes and and that's fine. You just you know, in some senses, you have to take what the defense gives you, and I think that that's. Throughout Andy's career, one of the criticisms is he gives up on the run too quickly. And we've talked a lot about Clyde and Daryl. And I'll just say this. I like Daryl Williams. I think Clyde's a better back, especially for what the Chiefs do up front and can make more out of, you know, those those smaller holes and that kind of thing. Um, Daryl's a fine role player. But, yeah, Clyde Clyde being healthy is a big deal, as Kyle mentioned. And, and so hopefully he'll be able to get in there. But this is – this should be a game where the Chiefs are pretty dominant up front. Um, Bradley Chubb is the only guy on that defense that um, – I don't say he's the only one who worries me. There's some other guys that have you know, shown out decently. I know Jonathan Cooper's had a somewhat decent year as a role as a role player. He also showed up on the injury report today with a neck injury and was limited and is questionable for this game. Yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. I just think that the, the Chiefs have to – play smart against uh, – I mean, Vic Fangio is all the criticism you can give him as a coach, knows how to call a defense. So, um, and I want to correct myself because I just pulled up the tweet. I knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Um, they've faced cover two or two high shell at 72%. The next closest is Buffalo at 57%. Yeah. The light box rate is 81%. The next closest is Pittsburgh at 70 which that kind of blows my mind because <laughs> why are you worried about Ben throwing the ball at this point? But that's neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. But you mentioned well, so, Tom mentioned Bradley Chubb, obviously, or uh, as you know, the guy on that D line. But someone that we're not mentioning for the first time in many, many years uh, as Chiefs fans is Von Miller. For the first time uh, in a long time, he's not on the Broncos anymore. Uh, um, we stopped mentioning Von Miller when Mitch Schwartz pulled into town. So, <laughs> well, yeah, Mitch uh, that. Von Miller did say that Mitch Schwartz has was his toughest matchup in the NFL. So Mitch Schwartz yeah. obviously had his number, but still a dominant. Dominant player on the defense and a leader in that locker room. So, yeah, I have rarely seen Von Miller be erased from a game unless he's playing Mitch Schwartz. Yeah, just about some of the best matchups you'll see, and I think that the, both those guys have a lot of like mutual respect for each other. But yeah, um, man, that that was such a a big part of Kansas City's success against because if you remember the the years before Mitch Von Miller single-handedly would wreck games and one of the just all-time you know great nightmares well yeah, i mean honestly if, if he was still on the broncos this year it would it would be more of a worry just because i think you know oh, yeah. obviously lucas niang who is is the guy who is still out 
uh, on the injury report. Uh, so he'll be uh, replaced by Andrew Wiley once again, unless... Maybe! Unless... Yeah, unless someone else plays. But either way, you are facing, you know, a lot less of a right tackle than uh, than Mitch Schwartz was for, for Von Miller. And then obviously on the left side, Orlando Brown's a stud. Uh, but I think Von Miller's game is... Has, he has a little bit of advantage on what uh, Orlando would kind of do. But um, mm-hmm. either way, it's we're definitely a little bit fortunate to, to not have to face Von Miller, even though Bradley Chubb is a pretty solid guy. They have a couple other dudes on that defensive line that, you know, are, are making a name for themselves slowly but surely. But, uh, yeah, that is a big piece missing for that. Also, for that locker Bradley game. is not – I think this is week two back from an ankle injury where he was out for several games. Yeah, so he's, he's still kind of getting into the flow. Yeah, he's also you had injuries. someone else. And since we're talking about the offense, and we, we've been talking about the injury report, we should probably do this real quick. So – uh, Kyle Long was a full participant all three practices this week. He was also, if I'm not mistaken, made available today for media availability, which interesting. That's uh, not something you typically give to a guy who's not going to play in a game um, or be a backup. So mm-hmm. that's something to monitor for Chiefs fans is yeah, potentially. You may not see Andrew Wiley at right tackle. You may see Kyle Long because also it was noted, and I think this was Matt Verderam and Patrick Allen over friends over at Arrowhead Addict. They mentioned uh, when he was originally put on the roster, he was listed as an offensive guard. When he was brought back off of IR and or off the pup or whatever they had him on, and put on the roster, he is now listed as OL, which is offensive lineman. Yeah. Um, yeah. There was a ton of discussion at the beginning of the year when we brought him in, and we discussed it multiple times on this podcast, that Kyle Long is potential depth at right tackle. Niang is out. Rimmer still hasn't been activated. He's not playing. Mm -hmm. This is his spot to come in and show he can still do this if he's ready to go. Yeah, and – uh, a little note also is that Ian Rappaport went on the uh, the Pat McAfee show, actually, and they, they asked about Kyle Long, and he Ian actually said that there is a very real chance, uh, he kind of just alluded to it, he was like, there's a real chance that Kyle Long can be getting some playing time this week, and obviously, uh, as Chiefs fans, we all know, the only spot even up for discussion is right tackle, so... Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very real chance that we that we see him at right tackle, and it's kind of a you know a sportsmanship gamesmanship thing where uh, the Broncos don't really know that uh, <laughs> up until you know the first snap where he lines up you know out there with the starters. So yeah, keep him Something on the else to monitor on the Broncos defense. Um, we talked about Chubb coming back from injury. They've got their injury report is lengthy for one. Um, on the defensive side of the ball. Most of them are full participants for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that Caden Stearns is listed. Um, Mike Purcell also listed as a full participant with a thumb mm-hmm. injury. Um, you've got you've got several guys, and like I said, that Jonathan Cooper limited participant with a neck injury making him questionable. Mm-hmm. That's that's potentially problematic for a defense that has lost, as we talked about, one of its main pieces already with them getting rid of Vaughn. Now, they've played well since Vaughn's been gone. But that's a that's something to monitor, is, is is that defense fully healthy? Because the last several matchups, the Chiefs offense has had no trouble with Fangio's defense. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I'm, and just losing an, potentially another leader on that. Uh, that defense and, you know, a guy that potentially acts as a, you know, potential play caller, getting guys in position, obviously more of a, uh, a veteran guy. It's yeah. Losing too many of those guys on the defense is not good for anyone. So 
Um, the only other thing to note about, I guess, the uh, the Chiefs offense versus the Broncos defense is kind of what do we expect from the wide receivers this week for the Chiefs? Because um, <laughs> there was a, a very a, a good little discussion about uh, one Mr. Miko Hardman on Twitter. Uh, there was a, a quote by Dave Tobe where he basically said that Mike Hughes took, you know, Miko's job as uh, the returner, uh, punt returner, I think, specifically. Uh, I'll be curious to see if that holds with Fenton being out this week. If if Hughes is going to be asked to play more on defense than he has been in the last several weeks, I'll be interested to see if that holds true through this week with Nicole not necessarily seeing a ton of wide receiver snaps right now. He's available to use in more of the return game than maybe putting your one of your either your third corner or a starting corner, depending on how things go and what system you're playing or what scheme you're playing on the field for returns they don't seem to care about doing that they never really have but it's just something to watch on that front yeah Nicole's definitely in the doghouse a little bit right now not getting snaps on offense and now obviously losing his uh his job on the special teams which is kind of what a lot of people say is what his his specialty should be um but yeah i don't know it's just interesting just with the step you know byron pringle stepping up and uh d robert really even hasn't been a feature in the offense so uh, I don't expect that to change either. You're going you know. to see at the bye week. I honestly think you're going to see a more in, in, in do, introduced into the offense, Josh Gordon. And I know we've been talking about it for several weeks, but every hopefully week. every single And he's week. got two. They had two weeks. He had all the time in the world. Got to like, be this week. Like it can't I don't, be this week. If it's not this week, then it's never. Then we need to stop expecting things at all from Gordon at this point. Yeah, like I really don't think if it, if he doesn't have. A, any kind of role this week then it just feels like it's not going to happen because you had so yeah. so long to prepare him for just a very specific role like you can literally game you could you could have planned the whole game around josh gordon theoretically with all this time i mean andy reed's already said that he was getting a, a jump start on the broncos game plan so i don't know it's just you got to hope that uh another guy whether it's d rob josh gordon someone maybe even me uh steps up and and just adds another threat to the offense because like we said it's it's not mm-hmm. as bad as as it was earlier in the season, but it's still not great, you know. It's got to make Denver fans a little uneasy that Andy got two weeks to get ready for him because he's definitely <laughs> right. been doing that. Yeah, that's that's a nightmare situation. Andy Reid off a of bye week. Yeah, so. yeah, definitely. What not is he nineteen a, and three? Something yeah, crazy not like looking that. favorable for the Broncos. Yeah, so that's about all we have for the offense. Uh, hopping over to the the defensive matchup for the Chiefs. Obviously, we have. Uh, the very coveted quarterback of the Broncos, Teddy Two Gloves. Uh, <laughs> I think he'll be getting the start this this week, I, I believe. Yes, he sir. was listed. So it's A, a tibia injury, which that's never great. But yeah. It's, yeah, he was great. a full participant all week. Um, now, he came off an injury last week, got hurt, and Drew Locke had to play a quarter, and then he came back into the game. So it's it'll be interesting to see. The bigger conversation for me is that offensive line. That O line is beat up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not even aware of who all is out on their their O line or who do they even really have. So Dalton Reisner just came back and he was a DMP Wednesday and limited two practices Thursday yeah. and Friday. You've got uh, uh, Calvin Anderson; he's now on IR, so that's not good. Melvin Gordon isn't playing; that's their running back. You've got uh, Quinn Miners is limited all week. Um, Bobby Massey was limited all week. Yeah, it's a banged up offensive line. I'm also where's the where's their center? Oh, that's Boyd Cushenberry. Looks like he's the only one that's healthy. 
Uh, oh, Garrett Bowles was limited on Thursday and then was full on Friday, but also questionable. That's like that's their whole offensive line. Four out of five guys, yeah. Yeah, that's tough, um, especially for the Chiefs D line, who has looked very, very hot the past couple of weeks. And, and now, now they're rested. A, yeah, now they, exactly. Now they've had a, a week to to rest and recover. Uh, well, and you did bury the lead a little bit there. You said, you know, Melvin Gordon's doubtful. I don't think he's going to play. That's actually bad news, I think, for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, so Javante Williams is the running back behind Gordon and, and Denver. And if you follow the Broncos, everybody knows like Javante Williams has had, it has in his limited time has had, has been just a more productive player than, than Gordon. So, um, just with that in mind, we may see a little bit more, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm still not worried between, you know, the quarterback situation and, and that offensive line being banged up, but if there is a, a player to kind of watch on the on that Broncos offense, I'd say it's Javante Williams getting a chance to to shoulder the load a little bit. It's a very talented player. Probably not the best uh, position for him to get his first like you know official start or whatever. But um, you know, don't don't sleep on the kid. He's uh, yeah, he was one of my favorite prospects this year. I'll I'll admit it. I don't like him anymore because he's on the Broncos, but he's uh, he's a talented runner. Um, I still like him if he's on the Broncos. So, so here's my thing with Williams, and I don't dislike the kid. I think he's going to be good for them in the future. That offensive line is destroyed right now yeah. with injury. Also, his skill set is a lot of straight line speed. He's mm-hmm. he's a downhill guy. If you make him go laterally, if you have to, if he has to change directions and, and move side to side, he's not as good. It slows him down. Um, yeah. Not only from a speed perspective, but from a look, seems like a mental perspective of where he's processing what he's doing and where he's going. Mm-hmm. I just don't see the defensive line letting him run straight downhill on them with this line being what it looks like right now. So yeah. while Javante is is a home run threat, I think probably more than Gordon is. Mm-hmm. I don't know that down to down and in the backfield having to make guys miss and get through little spaces is necessarily a forte of his. Mm-hmm. And like I said, I like him. I just, as you said, this is probably not an ideal spot for him to get his first start. Yeah. yeah and even well, if he and does burst through the D line too, uh, yeah. he has Nick Bolton in the back, you know, right there. Yeah. And uh, we saw what Nick Bolton did versus King Henry. Um, somebody the decided best. to poke Tyron Matthew on Twitter about the kid too, which is not yeah. necessarily. We actually have honestly one of the better, the better tackling defenses in the NFL. I mean, Nick Bolton, Willie Gay, Tyron Matthews, Legereus Sneed. Yeah. Could knock mean, on some wood, Garrett. <laughs> uh, there you go. But, yeah. you know, it's, if he gets past the D-line somehow, Nick Bolton's going to make him pay. I'm not worried yeah. about Javante Williams. One little well, bit. I was, just, I was just mentioning it as a, as yeah, a player but, uh, to yeah, watch. We do know that he's, he's a, a, a big – a very big, physical runner. Um, exactly. There could be some good some good collisions with him and, and Nick Bolton. Yeah, he'll have a good career there. in the NFL one day. Just yeah. not starting today. <laughs> so, yeah, not today. Yeah, and so. then their wide receivers – who are the wide receivers – for the Bronco, who's healthy? Like, is all Cole of them? Uh, yeah, they all look good to they're go. They all good. Okay, so that yeah. that might be a, Judy, a more interesting match. Judy, uh, Tim Patrick, and Cortland Sutton. The this goes back to again the guy giving them the ball. And yeah, look, man, like Teddy is fine. He's game manager. He does the things he needs to do here and there, but he's not going to beat you with big throws very often. He's not going to beat you with big throws. Period. Um, he's not going to be. He's not throws, been. Period. He's not even the same player that was. Um, He's he's regressed pretty significantly, and so, um, yeah, this Broncos offense just isn't clicking, and and that receiver core, um, just doesn't look as good as it should. On paper, you've got three, you've got Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy, who are both really high profile athletes and, and good players, and Tim Patrick has had a really good year as a, 
for that third option slot guy. And you've also got Noah Fant, who's a really good athlete too. Yep. So you've got these guys that should be, you know, you should be able to spread it out and and play some spacing games, and, and they just can't figure it out. It's, yeah. uh, it's a problem that that's been the conversation a lot in from Denver fans all year is there's the, there's the Teddy camp and there's the mm-hmm. let Drew Locke play camp. And it, it's it's a hybrid option offense that I don't know. I mean, we watched Teddy. For me, he looks like a lesser version of, and it's not even fair to say it, but lesser and like lesser lesser version of Alex Smith, where he just refuses to put the ball in danger at all. Like there's not, he's not going to try to throw a guy open or put a ball in a in a d- dangerous spot where it's mm-hmm. your guy versus that guy to make a play and. Some of those receivers, that's kind of what they're really good at is is being those kind of guys, and we haven't seen it this year or pretty much any year from Teddy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I've always been more of a Teddy fan, to be honest, over Drew Locke. I thought he was the better option heading into the season for them, but, yeah, he's clearly, you know. I still think from, you may be right there. I don't – I'm not been yeah, I still impressed in any of the is, time we've seen Drew Locke on the field. There but. is definitely a chance that, you know, that that is still the case, that he's the better quarterback for them. It's just at a certain point in the season, which – for the Broncos, luckily or luckily or unluckily, they've they've been kind of you know they've been winning this year, so they're still in the playoff race. So it's not mm-hmm. a matter of like oh we're kind of falling out of it. We need to put in the the higher ceiling guy with Drew Locke. It's like they've still been winning games with Teddy, even though he hasn't really been too impressive. It's just kind of been some grinds of the games, but um, you know he's definitely the safer option, like you said. I I kind of you know compare it to the the Saints situation where they have, you know, Trevor Simeon there, former Broncos quarterback. Um, But, you know, he's a very safe option. He's not going to do too many. He's not going to throw a bunch of interceptions like uh, a Taysom Hill or maybe a Drew Locke would. Um, But it's just there's a lot more upside with Drew Locke potentially. It's just you got to, you know, take those those negative plays that Drew Locke especially has been very privy to uh, his career and I don't know. It's, I don't think it's this is the year for Drew Locke. I think the situation that they've kind of handed him or put him in, I think they've kind of, you know, said that they're done with him essentially without saying it. It's kind of a, a writing him off with that. I don't know. That's just what I think. But I think this defensive line is going to have a nice time on Sunday. Um, and if Teddy's under pressure and in obvious passing downs, Teddy struggles. And yeah. Yeah. he's going to get – he's going to have – people in his face. Chris Jones is going, should have a very, very large day on Sunday. Yeah. Um, Melvin Ingram, probably going to have a pretty, pretty good day on Sunday. Frank Clark, probably going to have a pretty good day on Sunday. If, if you don't have to bring anybody with that, you don't have to blitz anybody. And even if you do decide to blitz, Teddy's not spectacular against yeah. the blitz either. Like it's, it's a tough situation to be in if you're the Broncos because they've got plenty of talent on both sides of the ball, really. But at their main portions of of their of their defense and their offense, they're missing pieces, and it's tough to win games when you don't have those guys in those positions. Yeah, exactly. This might be a little bit of a Steve Spagnuolo show off game, you know? Really bring the <laughs> heat, really bring the exotic stuff, and just make the Broncos look silly for four quarters. That would be that'd be awesome. But I would like to see uh, the offense actually be the more dominant one in the game because uh you know we all love the offense i think even though defense is fun and they dominated the cowboys a couple weeks ago uh we'd like to see the offense get back into the rhythm so uh, i'll say this this denver team just took care of the chargers and made them look pretty bad while doing it well, well the, the chargers yeah, the denver, are also Denver's broads. defense is is pretty good like don't let's not underrate it here but their offense just can't you know keep keep up can't produce um they're on the think, field a lot that defense 
Yeah, that I just think true. that the the Chiefs. I mean, even if the offense takes a little has a slow start against the Broncos, like we've seen, um, I just think I just don't see a world where the the Broncos are going to put up enough points to to hang with the Chiefs. No, no doubt. I don't think there's a a very big chance of that happening at all. So there's a there's the third phase of the game that we don't always preview on this show, but I I would like to preview today for a couple of reasons, um, mostly because of the gap between one side of it versus the other. The Chiefs are like top five in special teams, and I think Denver's thirty first in especially in the return game. Mm-hmm. This could be a large return game off, especially on kickoffs for Pringle. Um, yeah. That's a that's a big big thing that can change. We've seen it. Like we just talked about the same the doink to make the winner for like it matters. Mm-hmm. Those games special teams matters, yeah. and the Broncos have struggled on special teams all year, like almost all phases. So I'm I'm definitely curious to see what Tobe and what the special teams unit has dialed up for for this Broncos game. Yeah, and also got to give a shout out to Tommy Townsend because he won the AFC Special Teams Player of the Month for the first month of November. Chief, I believe they said ever to win that award for a month, which is crazy since yeah, Dustin Colquitt guess... was like team MVP in 06 or whatever it was. But yeah, yeah, yeah he might. I think he is the first one. Um, it's pretty pretty high pretty high honor for him, uh, and it's not only just like uh, obviously a lot of it is the uh, the punts and everything like that, but you know the the fake punt obviously helped. And uh, I would say even that uh, that pooch kick by Butker last or two weeks ago, where he ran that down there elite. and down it, that should be at least in that should at least help his case because that was an elite play by him. So, yeah, it's good to see that the special teams is definitely uh, on the up and up. I'd say definitely not as shaky as they might have been at one point in the season. So, um, but yeah, I think that's about all we have. Want to do some uh, some score predictions very quick? Thousand to nothing. <laughs> Chiefs forever. I don't hate that. <laughs> I mean, that's a lot of points for a defense you just got done praising. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. 999 okay. to nothing. Chiefs. Um, I'm thinking probably something like 27 13, 31 13, 31 17. I just, we talked about it, man. I just don't, this Broncos offense doesn't doesn't scare really anyone at this point and they they shouldn't because of the way that they've operated all year now if there's a bunch of turnovers and they get a bunch of short fields then they can maybe score some points but i they don't scare me as far as threatening this defense the way this defense has played since week six yeah no doubt they don't scare me very much at all just the factor that it's prime time really just it sucks that it's prime time in a way just because we have to wait for like which will probably be kind of an average game. You know, mm-hmm. it should be it should be fairly one-sided for the Chiefs, and, and it might not be too exciting. I mean, the Raiders game was pretty exciting, and it was one-sided, but um, I don't know. I definitely see, like Kyle was kind of saying, a, cl- a somewhat closer game, just like kind of like a 27-10, 27-17, something like that. Uh, probably 27-10. Just, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, definitely just probably on the lower side of scoring, but still uh, just a more complete game I want to see from the Chiefs. Is, is I'm going to go... Goal. 28-17. So we're all in about the same headspace yeah, on about that. The, yeah. yeah, about the same range. No blowouts, no no upsets. So, yeah. Oh, well, I think it's I think that'll be the final score, but I think it's going to be a pretty like you said a pretty boring game. I think the Chiefs will have it pretty well handled. Right. And, you know, wouldn't surprise They may me. give up 
garbage time points. Now, again, it's a division game, so these things always seem to be stupid and wild and stuff seems to yeah. be crazy. But, like, we just watched them completely maul the Raiders a couple weeks ago. And yeah. that was in that was in Vegas. So, yeah. Um, in KC, it's, it's going to be even even more dominant, you would think. That's yeah. a tall task to ask a That's Denver a very team tall task. to come in on, on prime time, on Sunday night, in Arrowhead, yeah. off the Chiefs by, like, these guys have been waiting two weeks to play a game. They're ready to go. They're ready to roll. They're healthy. They're rested. Like the injury report has seven guys on it, and we know two of them aren't playing. So mm-hmm. or eight guys, and we know two of them aren't playing. Yeah. Everybody else that's listed is either a full participant or Clyde with his illness from today. So like, uh, I'm. Uh, it's healthy versus unhealthy. It's it's rested and ready and waiting and and chomping at the bit versus a team that just came off an emotional win mm-hmm. and it's been flexed from 1230 to prime time. Yeah. So obviously the NFL knows that this is going to be a pretty good game for at least, at least one team, I would say. So hopefully it's a pretty stress-free uh, night and game and we can all uh, come back next week and, and talk about a very fun victory. But before we get out of here, do you want to mention the, uh, the Twitter giveaway that we do have going on? Uh, at Kingdom Says Pod on is our Twitter. If you go there, our pinned tweet is the giveaway that we are running with Chris Chancy, uh, who was on a couple episodes we uh, uh, episodes ago that uh, we got to feature and talk to him. Uh, so yeah, all you have to do is go to our Twitter and retweet that tweet. Follow both us and Chris, and uh, it'll be ending the night of the Broncos game. The winner will end up probably be picking, uh, getting picked on uh, that Monday morning. And, uh, yeah, you can get a chance to win uh, your choice of any one of Chris's uh, prints that he's made. He's made a, a bunch of different Chiefs prints, even a couple other non-Chiefs prints. Um, but he's yeah, got some really cool stuff in there. Yeah, a lot yeah. of cool stuff, a lot of options there. Um, and, yeah, you get your choice of one. There will be two winners. And, uh, yeah, big if thanks you to Chris. bonus entries, guys. There's a bonus entry tweet that shows you how underneath. Go to his website, grab yourself or a family member, maybe a Christmas gift since we're getting towards the season. Mm-hmm. You don't have to post any of your pertinent information. Just show us you made the purchase. And when it was if it's on there, screenshot it and drop it in the comments, and you get a bonus entry into it too as long as you're following both people and retweeted the tweet. It's yeah. really easy, and you get to pick whatever you want if you win. Mm-hmm. Now, exactly. size-wise, there's obviously limitations. Details are in the giveaway, but it, you get to pick your print. So yeah, so go so show some love to Chris and local KC artists and just all local, uh, you know, businesses, restaurants, all that stuff. Good to support local people, and uh, we love having Chris and a bunch of other artists on to uh, to kind of share their story. So it's fun to having him on and fun. Uh, you know, that he was able to do this giveaway with us. So uh, thank you all so much for listening to this episode. Uh, be sure to follow us, Kingdom Says Pod, at Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And uh, we will be back with you guys next week uh, to talk about the Broncos game. Message and data rates may apply. Guys, got hair loss? I know what you're thinking. Should I shave my head, comb it over, wear a hat? Just stop. This is in 1970. Keep your hair and your confidence because Bosley, America's number one hair restoration experts, can give you your real hair back permanently. Check them out today because they're giving away an absolutely free information kit and a free gift card to anyone that texts EASY to 203203. Dude, you don't have to look like your dad because this isn't your dad's hair loss treatment. 
people all over the country trust Bosley because they're ahead of the curve. They use the latest technology to give you your real hair back. And the best part? Bosley's permanent solution is protected by the Bosley Guarantee. Let Bosley show you for free how awesome your hair could look with an absolutely free information kit and a gift card for $250 off. Text EASY to 203203. That's B-A-S-Y to 203203. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details.